With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight on Cosmic Cantina, we're talking about paranormal love, baby, but not necessarily the good kind. I interview Eve Lorgan and discuss her research into seemingly serendipitous relationships. Are they real or could they be manipulated by some otherworldly entity? Then Josh walks us through a wild tale of sex with a giant hairy alien being in China. And finally, Matt brings us to a weird climax with UFO researcher Dr. Carla Turner and her investigations into alien coercion of abductees participating in some sinister alien agenda. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle, and every week I go to my favorite bar, Cosmic Cantina, and kick back with my co-hosts, Josh Golombeski and Matt O'Connor. We talk about aliens, Bigfoot, ghosts, ancient cultures, and anything from the unseen world that needs a little illumination. Welcome to Cosmic Cantina. I'm your host, Melissa Tittle. And tonight I'm drinking a red blend that's organic and it doesn't have any sulfites in it. And it comes from Texas, apparently. Uh, I feel so much healthier because I am not doing dry January. How about you guys? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I tonight, it's so cold in Colorado and I just wish I was at the beach. So tonight I'm drinking a Corona with a lime in Ooh. honor of where I want to be in my mind and not the water. It's cold here. What about you, O'Connor? Uh, look, I got myself a uh, little Rocky Mountain cider called, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's got a little uh, UFO story in the side of it, which I just noticed, which is super fun. It's got uh, floated and flying saucers and stuff. Anyway, cider. Deep, deep in cider. Okay, great, <laughs> great stuff. Never gets old. Never gets <laughs> Never old. Never gets old. It's always good. <laughs> I don't get it. Well, there's something you might get. Are you in a relationship that's odd or weird or you're not sure why you're connected with somebody? Or maybe you called your uh, you called your friend who does a reading and she says, oh, it could be a twin flame. And you're like, oh, it's not. It's a twin flame, which means it's going to be such a sexual, amazing connection. But then it's going to like die hard and burn up in flames. You know? Oh, God. Oh, you're dating uh, or you're dating a narcissist. Right. Or there's a. Um, or there's just, uh, you're just not sure why you're attracted to this person. Well, besides obvious reasons of, of weird human behavior, it could be something else interdimensionally screwing with your love life. Holy shit. And that is what our podcast is about. And specifically, yeah. we all have some amazing stories. Uh, I, I have found this woman who is a psychologist she has her master's in counseling for marriage and family. Um, she is a former biochemist and 
and experiencer. And she has written several books on this idea, and you might have heard of it before, but it's called The Love Bite. And this is where you have alien interference or entities that arrange a love match for the sake of several reasons that we're going to find out in this, uh, this interview. So this is fascinating. If you are in a relationship right now that you're like, WTF, what the F is going on? You might want to keep on with this conversation. But the guys have some follow-up stuff that's pretty interesting, right? Yep. We have, yeah. we, I'm going somewhere really weird. It's not quite love and saucers weird, you know? It's not quite Wilt Chamberlain level of weird, but it's, I'm going to go into some crazy sexual encounters with entities from beyond. Very nice. Well, I first of all, I was trying to dig into some stories, uh, not unlike what I've told in the past, um, where sort of trickster spirits use their interactions with people um, to kind of manipulate them and just fuck with them, basically, uh, using you know the promise of love and uh, man, did <laughs> Your my voice, voice just drop? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I think my balls just dropped, guys. It's happened. I'm a man. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, you guys, you um, witnessed it here in Cosmic Cantina. Matt is yes. finally a man. I came, I, well, I didn't come, but I just became a man. It's good times. Anyway, whew, deep inside her. So, um, anyway, so I tried to find more stories of uh, demon manipulation using love and, well, mostly sexy stories. But uh, I also found a uh, how to summon a sex demon. Uh, so I might briefly go through that maybe at the end of the show if we have enough time. If anyone's interested, it's good. To, it's good. Uh, sounds like a really good time. Um, but uh, incidentally, when I was looking at this stuff, I found there was like every known cryptid you could possibly think of: Bigfoot, Mothman, whatever. There is. It's like a rule. What is it? Rule thirty-four, where if it's a thing, there's a, a fetish about it. Well, mm. this is like the same thing. That was like. If it's a cryptid, there is an erotic fan fiction involving said cryptid. <laughs> uh, so I, I had to uh, erase my search his history after the research I did uh, over the past couple of days. It was a really, <laughs> really weird wank, I gotta say. But anyway, so I eventually stumbled across, um, after the interview that Melissa had with uh, this amazing um, lady, Eve. Eve? Lorgan. Eve. Eve Lorgan. Eve Morgan. Eve Morgan, yeah. It's super fun. Lorgan. But she mentioned uh, Dr. Carla Turner. And, oh my God, I, I can't believe we haven't touched on, on um, Carla Turner before because she is just an amazing researcher and she's my new David Jacobs. So strap in, folks. It's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of Carla a Turner vagina. this season. She, she did have, yeah, she's, she's no longer with us, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, she was she was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So let's get serious now, because this interview I think is really important. I was blown away by this woman's work, um, her research. Uh, again, she has two books: "The Love Bite" and her most recent is "The Dark Side of Cupid," and um, fascinating work. Her name is Eve Lorgan. Uh, and here is her interview of basically her life's work, looking into could your relationships, the people you love, be orchestrated by interdimensional beings? And here it is. Boom. All right, everybody. With us today is Eve Lorgan, who's written a book called uh, The Love Bite. And she just came out with a new one called The Dark Side of Cupid. 
this is really an interesting, both these books are really interesting. And, and when I came across Eve, um, the first thing that came into my mind, because you should see the cover of this book, it's absolutely frightening. It's two humans kind of being dissolved together as if they're going to make out with this yeah. like AI technology sucking their faces as if like they're falling in love because of something external. And this is what she writes about. Could our relationships, the people we love, um, this idea of twin flames, like, oh, you're not supposed to be together forever, but you're supposed to learn something. Could all of that, uh, even the idea of you've been in a narcissistic relationship, uh, be part of something external, whether it's paranormal or it's alien controlling who we love? And of course, if that's true, why? So joining me today is Eve Lorgan. She is a has a master's in counseling and uh, psychology for marriage and family. She's a hypnotherapist. Uh, she's a formal biochemist, and she is also an experiencer. Eve, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, all right, so let's get to it. Uh, you have you've recorded lots of people in your research um, as a hypnotherapist and a uh, counselor and psychologist. You were able to actually witness firsthand people that were experiencing quite weird stuff. So, tell me what you've discovered in your research as far as who we're in love with and why. That's, that's such a good question. It's, and it's huge. Um, but I will just have to give you a, a little bit of a historical reason why I did this and what I found out. And I really wanted to learn more about um, the phenomenon that was related to what they're calling the experiencer ET contact visitation or alien abduction more in the old days. That's what they called it. So within that subpopulation that I did support groups with, and I really delved into wanting to learn more about that, there was an, a phenomena of manipulated or engineered love obsessions and or interference in, in relationships. Sometimes they were love relationships or work relationships or different kinds, but most of it was focused on a romantic love obsession with what we called a targeted partner that let's say the aliens or the ETs or some kind of other entity was engineering and putting them together with or removing from their life of some sort. So this played out in a certain pattern that was um, identifiable that was really outside of what we call standard psychology dynamics of relationships. And so I got a lot of my initial uh, information about the the alien angle of this from Barbara Bartholik, who is no longer with us, and the late Dr. Carla Turner. So they were all researchers in more of the alien abduction UFO kind of thing. But if I, if I flash it forward, and so through many years of working with people who've had what they believe to be alien contacts and relationships that were interfered with, they were kind of abnormally um, supercharged with a, some kind of love obsession and then a high drama kind of situation, interference with abductions, and then switching off of one partner, leaving the other unrequited, um, but still feeling psychically connected. So there's more paranormal and supernatural and um, what I call anomalous elements involved in these kinds of connections. And, and some why would why would an entity or an alien interference, why would they want to do this? Are they just having fun up there in another dimension or do they have another motive? Uh, well, I believe there was more than one motive in, in, in the when we focused on, quote, the aliens who took certain forms and um, perceptions. 
Um, and there was like what I call the emotional loose feeding, um, emotional or sexual or life force energy harvesting. So it would be a type of vampirism, plain and simple. Another um, reason would be maybe they wanted to put two people together so they would have children and then they would use a genetic downline of some kind of desired bloodline for their own means, which is is the whole hybrid uh, thing, breeding program thing. And then the other would be using people as operatives um, because of their abilities in some kind of joint alien human military program, which is kind of like, you know, the original X-Files when they we unfolded a lot of these, what we call the MyLab aspect, where someone was having not only alien encounters um, outside of the military, but military on top of that. And then as if they're working in conjunction to utilize mm-hmm. that person or maybe experiment with them in some way. So that was a, an experimentation thing or utilizing them for their abilities that were amplified through a very powerful love obsession where their paranormal and kundalini energy was activated. Okay. Mm. So that was actually a, a lot of things that happened with people more of the my lab or they had the reptilian kind of connections or associations. That is terrifying. And yeah, you know yeah. what is terrifying? Because uh, in new age circles, they say the one thing that can defeat uh, fear or, um, you know, anything negative or terrible in the world is love. And now you have evidence that interdimensionally other things or possibly the government is using the one thing that you can combat all of that to get something out of it, activating it within your system. And of course, if you don't know the difference between falling in love with somebody or getting this love bite, you don't have any control. So I guess, how do you know that you're actually truly with your being falling in love with someone, or if it's a manipulated, like crazy attraction to somebody and you don't know why? I believe it's, uh, if it's something, let's say somebody who's not normally your type and you feel compelled, but it almost feels like an overlay or um, in fact, in both books, in The Dark Side of Cupid, there would be a list of uh, signs and symptoms that to look for if you think this is being maybe manipulated. So you might have a precog- precognitive dream or meeting in the astral or something that feels more real before you meet the person. And then it's like a deja vu and a, and a more powerful soulmate connection that they might think is their twin flame after they meet them. And then during the drama of the connection, there might be more alien encounters or interdimensional weird things or paranormal manifestations or um, even like spooky X-File kinds of things that suggest there's more involved than just that person. So sometimes this happens. I know I'm kind of going back, but um, as a form of... um, targeting, let's say if somebody is a whistleblower and someone in an intelligence agency or some kind of spooky alphabet soup agency or alien connected to aliens or some X-Filey thing, if they don't want that person disclosing or whistleblowing or spilling the beans about a certain aspect that they don't want out in the public, that person could be targeted with what I call a love bite setup with a partner that is being either manipulated or is cognizant of being like a handling neutralizing situation, like a Romeo agent, okay, like in World War II, to suborn or manipulate or neutralize that particular person or just throw them off track and um, keep them distracted from maybe the original goals. So that actually is, is kind of a theme that happens if 
if someone is really on the spiritual path, for example, and they want to uncover the truth of their experiences, which many people who've had anomalous UFO, ET stuff, they want to get, let's say, a hypnotic regression. They want to find out what happened or find out, like, is this person a twin flame? Why am I so in love with this person? And they may uncover things that are not maybe what they thought life was about. And then that could unveil a whole series of targeting kinds of things to keep that person shut up or or neutralized for a period of time. So that actually took place um, in many of the situations where they felt like, let's say they got done with one um, relationship or discovery. Let's say a discovery, they were in a cult and they had a bad situation within a cult situation. They got out of that cult to do just, you know, personal growth in a, in a more open-minded spirituality, new agey kind of thing. And mm-hmm. then the person who's ahead of that new age center who seems okay and is carrying on a certain new age narrative, then they get set up with that person and a similar thing happens, but it's more of a high level um, ascended master fallen angel kind of situation where they're manipulating also in, in a second like love bite. So sometimes it happens more than once with a particular person who has a history of complex trauma, which can leave them vulnerable, but sometimes it's because they have have an innate supernatural quality or awareness or ability that is of desire for some person who has the ability through sorcery or black magic or intelligence or alien stuff that mm-hmm. they that they want that person as a resource or to shut them up if they can't use them as a resource. So that actually happens. So, right. so yeah, and I think that people listening to this this uh, this interview right now. Uh, have probably had an experience where um, they might still be in that experience, actually. Um, but they've had an experience that was so weird uh, and and so traumatic because usually with these relationships, if you get out of them, they are so traumatic that they 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 disrupt your heart field, right? And you know, I don't want to go into new age lingo, but there is a coherence between your heart and your brain. And if you're the idea of heartbroken, right? causes you to be set back in your career or who you are or not allow you to move forward depending on how big the heartbreak is or who you are and how much work you've done on yourself so this could be a disabling thing and and um i think that the work you're doing is really important because this is the idea for people to love and connect with other humans is one of the most important gifts that we have on this planet for not only the progression of humanity but also for our own desire to connect with humans. So, so the fact that something or someone can control that, uh, is, is frightening. And I think you getting to the bottom of this is really interesting. Um, we're definitely going to bring you back to have more interviews, but we don't have enough time. Uh, so we, uh, we're going to get back to the, to the podcast, but, um, in the meantime, I'd love to follow back up with you and, uh, we'll, we'll see what else you come up with. Cause this is so fascinating. A lot. It's it's amazing and it's always unfolding. And I think there's empowering um, therapeutic strategies that I'm working with as well, so that it's not, it doesn't have to be such a scary thing that feels powerless, that there's definitely things that we can do and be to move into our power. And uh, so there's there's good news too. Good, good. And um, just before I go, can you give anybody just one tip on one thing that they can do to empower themselves when they feel like they're in this kind of relationship? 
um, well, I would say um, prayer, like just good old fashioned prayer and the purity of intention to want to know the truth, regardless of what you want to believe or that you're fearing, which means you have to be open to how, let's say the Holy Spirit will, will show you what's going on. And the other thing is to understand complex trauma and the recovery from complex trauma. So that's kind of a new thing on a lot of the therapeutic circles with what they call complex PTSD. But if we can understand that and learn how to recover and reestablish our nervous systems to be back stabilized and regulated, mm-hmm. then recovery is much easier. So, All right. We're going to need a whole breakdown for that. And we're definitely going to bring you back for that. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much, Eve, uh, for joining us. And again, check out her two books, uh, Love Bite, which is the original, and her new book, Dark Side of Cupid. Uh, and you can check Eve Lorgan out online. Uh, until next time, stay safe. Isn't that just fascinating? I, I just find there's been um, some weird things that have happened in my life. I know I've talked to a lot of friends of mine where there's been weird things happening to in their lives where it's just, it just feels like they don't know why they're in this moment with this person. But more importantly, um, I think it's really a warning because, again, we're at this crossroads of if the only thing we have don't necessarily have that because something's hijacking that, we really have to know who we are. Know thyself is so important. And as White Snake says, love bites. Is it White Snake? I can't remember. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> well done. But um, I think, um, I don't know. I could have asked that woman a million questions, but you know, we only had a, a few minutes and uh, I just wanted to introduce yeah. the, of her work to you. And I'm sure we'll touch on it again. But I know that uh, Josh has... And there's a lot of people, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people that have uh, stories where they end up having actual relationships, not with humans, but with aliens. They end up having sex with aliens. They like force sex. And then it's almost like, okay, well, mm-hmm. now we're together. You know, I've interviewed a couple people actually on UFO Witness about this. And um, it's it's really, uh, it's odd. And then all of a sudden, they're it's basically like they're being taken advantage of and then they just get used to it. And they're like, it's okay, we're in a relationship with something that doesn't even exist in this this time and space. So yeah, that's like and next then they level. zoom off back to the Pleiades, and you're stuck, you know, crying yourself to sleep every night, and you're missing their uh, scent. And uh, y- y- you guys have been there. We we all get it. Sure. Uh, I haven't, but okay. <laughs> oh, you guys haven't. You guys haven't done that. Oh, okay. No. Yeah. All right. It's okay. It's okay. Maybe you we'll just became a man. It's okay, Matt. I all did. Right? There's a lot of things I for did. you to learn. Yes, I did. Yes. So I know Josh has a bit of a hairy story. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. Speaking of manipulation and romantic encounters with aliens, I have a story that I never heard before that I came across while researching the pod. Ooh. And it takes place in China. And the man's name is Meng 
I'm not even going to try. Z-H-A-O-Q-U-O. <laughs> We're going to call him Meng. M-E-N-G. Okay. Yes. okay. <laughs> Meng. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yes. All right. Josh is back. Yes. I love it. Good so stuff. this story took place in 1994 when he was 29 in Manchuria, northeastern China. And this guy took, just so we know, took multiple lie detector tests uh, for his story. I'm pulling most of this actually from a Huffington Post uh, story, though there's several other articles about it. And apparently he's the first person or the first person to be publicized or gain popularity in China to be abducted by aliens. Wow. Like he's like the, you know, like the Whitley Stryber over there, basically. But Whitley wasn't the Whitley wasn't the first one over here. But just saying, like that level of like fame. But he we we came across him in the east. I mean, in the west over here in the west because of a travel writer named Michael Meyer. So Michael Meyer met this guy in China, and he met him in 2003 in the Dragon Mountains and that near the Red Flag dangerous. Logging Commune. <laughs> and he this man Meng. Oh, it sounds like hard work. Like he did like manual labor, uh, hardcore for his whole life. He actually transitioned from a logger into helping with the steam engine or something. I, I, it's not really clear, but he met him. Uh, Michael met this guy in a two-room house that, that Mang built by himself. It had no power, dimly lit. Obviously, this guy's really poor, but it did have a random big hmm. screen TV that didn't, wasn't connected, just giant like 60 inch TV in his place. And the reason why I had it, cause he got it as a gift from someone who believed the story and just gave it to him, just bought him a big screen TV. He actually got more gifts than that. So what is the story that is one of the more wild sexual encounters? I mean, it goes in line with, it, it's consistent with a lot of UFO encounters with men in these hybridization programs, but this one is definitely described differently. The beings are different, and his whole experience is is unique in a lot of ways. So here we go. So this is what he told um, Michael. He was in a logging camp in that same area, and he noticed lights and and a metallic glint shimmer near the mountain peaks. So here's what he exactly said, translated. Quote, I thought a helicopter had crashed, so I set out to scavenge for scrap. He made it to the lip of the valley, spying the wreckage in the distance, when, boom, something hit me square in the forehead and knocked me out. He had classic missing time. He woke up later that night in his bed and remembered nothing, really, other than what, what I just described to you. So he went on with his life. He had a wife and a daughter at the time, and he was living with them, obviously. A few days later, <laughs> he woke up at night, and he was floating above his bed, above his wife and daughter who were asleep. And he noticed above him, there was a three meter tall, so roughly 10 foot fully covered. Okay, let me describe that again. A 10 foot lady that was, that her, that her legs were covered in hair, but not just covered in hair fur. Ew. I guess fur is the word I should be using. Ew. It was braided. Like all over the place. So what? it was like braided, like all these like little braids all oh, over, shit. like, you know, long too. Ew. Uh, just bearded, bearded legs basically. And right. this being had six fingers on each hand. That's the first description yeah. I'll give. Uh, he does do a drawing, which I'll, uh, I'll, I'll describe in a second. So whatever happened, they, his wife and daughter wouldn't wake up, and then they had sex apparently for 40 minutes until the creature was done with 40 him. minutes? What a fucking stallion. All right. <laughs> so when the being was done, it left, it like scratched him or basically or marked its territory, I don't know, on his leg that he later had what? looked at. And apparently it was super bizarre. But like, that's all like the information she we have in that. was on top of him? Oh. Like, so like how it branded that? him? <laughs> yeah, like branded him. Oh. So they're floating <laughs> in the air and like she's just riding him. And then at the end of it, she's like, you're mine, bitch. And just like scratched his legs and then left. And he was like, all right, Is this what I'm going to go back to like uh, bed you, now. Thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> Ten foot furry lady. Holy shit. <laughs> this was Tuesday nights <laughs> in my 20s in L.A. 
No. Now, and it you was, said the recreation of this is on Pornhub, right? <laughs> There's a special I'm section just, only I'm Josh just can get to. Real quick. Yeah. But my favorite part, my favorite part of the story, it, it goes on. There's more to this. Uh, Michael, the the writer, asked a drawing of Meng and, and asked him to draw. And what the drawing looks like is a hairy, like a hairy-legged version of the Michelin huh. Man, kind of like the Puff State Marshmallow oh guy. So like that was the being that Yuck. was like riding him in the air, like a doughy Michelin Man woman with really hairy legs and six fingers. So that's what he was getting getting on with, which is. Okay. I've never no. heard described in UFOlogy in my entire life looking these things up. Is one of Listen, the we've all been there at the end of the night, and you're just, oh, fuck, I'm not going to finish that sentence, actually. Keep going. <laughs> yep. And you take your glasses off. So months later, he, months later, this is his last contact. Wow, that's he actually weird. didn't Usually keep having contact. It was only a couple things. So but, months okay, later, cool. he passed through the ceiling of his home. Or, yeah, maybe this is all he remembers for whatever reason. So he passed through the ceiling of his home in the middle of the night and into a spaceship that was hovering over Earth. And when he was on this ship, he, he claimed that the being spoke Chinese. Now, that is something we've actually heard a lot. And that, that immediately raises a bullshit um, meter for me. But at the same time, you do hear that a lot. That, like, when they're communicating with the aliens, mm -hmm. you hear, like, your language in your own head or you hear him speaking it. So there's some sort of correlation there. And then this is what he heard him say. So um, this is, quote, what uh, Meng said, translated. The alien showed me a piece of crystal through which I saw forests, icebergs, and fossil fuels on the Earth. They told me about the current situation facing Earth's resources, and they warned me about the importance of environmental protection. So that mm -hmm. is a yep. classic thing that contactees here. Isn't that oh, yeah. weird? I got some of that stuff, too, coming up. They said in Chinese... Don't you think it's weird that like mm -hmm. they have all these sexual oh, yeah, encounters bizarre, with people, and then at the end of it, they're like, okay, I'm going to give you a little piece of advice because you'll let me have you. The world's going to blow up. You need to take care of it. This is your message for humanity. Like, why is it? <laughs> Whitley Strieber had the same thing, by the way. Yeah, it's some. Don't you think that's weird? <laughs> it, it's right. some wild alien pillow talk. It's pretty. It's pretty hot for them, I guess. <laughs> hey, just so you know, that's gonna die. We'll see you soon. I mean, it's kind of dick. It's like they basically rape you yeah. and then tell you to clean up your life. You know, like it's yeah. kind of like yeah, they kick your dog while they're at it. By the way, right. I know I'm like, done with it's you. Like it's like the alien equivalent of planet, you pricks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the alien, <laughs> the alien equivalent of like, uh, yeah, you should get going now. That was fun, but uh, don't let the fossil fuels you're, you're hit you on the way out. So you should probably get out of here. <laughs> Maybe they're right, though. Oh, boy. All right, so they, it continues on. <laughs> Quote, they said in Chinese, but with a heavy accent, so it was hard for me to understand at first. So this guy speaks Chinese, but he heard the aliens talking in a Chinese accent that was so heavy he couldn't understand it. And that they said that huh. they were refugees. Like me, they wanted to escape their former lives, so they left their dying home. Okay. Mm, heard uh, this before. So right after this, they said this, he was offered more action with his hairy Michelin lady <laughs> with the braided hairs on her legs, but he denied it and they didn't force it. So he didn't, they didn't force the sex this time. He didn't get like randomly taken in the middle of the night. So that's kind of nice. And then oh, that's nice. the sure. last thing they kind of said to him was in 60 years on a distant planet, the son of a Chinese peasant will be born. So his hybrid human baby will be born 60 years from now on some um, random um, planet. Now this man was given lots of gifts because of this. He was all over the media. He was given a cow, a TV, and even a job. The job he had, I think, the, I don't know about that job, but a job. So he's kind of a celebrity there. And the last thing I want to leave you with was this area of the world is super remote. And the last thing kind of in the article that Meng says is, when you live up here, you see strange phenomena all the time. 
So apparently that's not the only thing that happens out there. So that's the story mm. of Meng, whose name I can't pronounce. He's no love and saucers guy, you know, but he's like, he still, he still fucks. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it, it's him. like the first, it's, it's, she sounds like a Bigfoot. You think so? That's initially like, what yeah. I thought you were talking about, like uh, Bigfoot Yeah, sex. I mean, like a braided, braided hair legged, you know, Bigfoot woman. Yeah, and I, I appreciate mean, that she, she kind of got dolled up a little bit. She braided the hair and she wasn't yeah. just like, <laughs> Shut the you know, up. she kind of no. got totted up a little bit. But the Michelin right. Man part, like the doughy white, like the drawings of Michelin Man, like what? That's not Bigfoot. I, I mean, I guess I get me. Who I mean, knows what's going on? Bigger. It's just like, I don't know. It's, it's a, a bigger puff marshmallow man sex. I mean, I don't. That's the worst sex, you know? Of all the aliens, <laughs> that's number 10 on the list. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a reptilian before I do the Michelin Man, you know? Like, there's, the, <laughs> there's a strict order. Not like right? a Palladian or. Palladians and Nordics you know, are obviously the other first. ones. All right, Palladian, reptilian, uh, Octarian. Tall gray or short gray? Wait, wait. Tall gray or short gray? Marry, first? Which fuck, are you gonna put? kill. What are you going to do? <laughs> <No>. Okay, I don't <laughs> think the short grays have sex with anybody, and the tall grays are scary. <laughs> so I think that's like a negatron on both of them. A negatron on both of them. <laughs> no good. Right. Yeah. Really just the Nordics. Everything else, God damn it, no. Holy God, that'd be horrifying. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> just all, I'm all Nordics all day. <laughs> Oh, boy. oh man! Wow. Uh, wow, that's Wait. that's crazy though. I mean, but don't but there's a pattern here. Like I said, there's a pattern with um. That is such a, that's the message after it's the same message about the environment, and that's weird. And you know, one thing that Eve said in that interview, and you know, again, we could ask her more questions, but that there's this constant. Um, like you don't know if it's a government program or if it's an alien program or if it's an entity thing, right? Sure, yeah. Because um, there could be specifically th specific things that they're screened with. You know, I always think it's interesting that they always know your language. But then again, if I was a highly uh, advanced being and I was coming to a planet with lots of languages, I mean, I think, you know, in a matter of even a couple of years, we're going to be able to download that stuff if we have chips in our brain, different languages. We don't need to worry about ever learning it, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's true, yeah. I mean, it's just mm. high technology, right. It's just extreme technology we can't understand. Yeah. So that's the stuff that, I, I actually gave it more credence to me. These stories are, how would this guy in the middle of nowhere like know these things? You know what I mean? He's not educated. He mm -hmm. sounds like a simple dude in the mountains who doesn't know much. And, and all this lines up perfectly with what's going on over here. I don't know, maybe he has the internet. I mean, he just Googles some shit. No, wait, this is the 90s. He couldn't have, so. This is 94, yeah, it's way before that. And usually that. the weirder it is, the more legitimate it is. Like the fact he described this being that I've never heard before, in some way makes it, you know, if he said grays and the same thing maybe I wouldn't believe him as much but I don't know but the, right. but the manipulation theme though is real like they're having sex with you trying to have this bond with this creature and then promises you kids and you can see him sometimes lets you hold them I mean it's kind of a horrifying thing you know it's it's like worst case scenario so in a divorce weird. you know you barely get to see your kids and then they maybe you'll see him in 60 years on a planet you know and I don't know the whole thing is um it's complicated guys it's complicated well, I'm sure we're gonna about to get pretty complicated in the darkness, of oh, yeah. Matthew. Oh yeah, <laughs> give it to me. Okay. Let me let me keep going down this road because it's pretty bizarre how uh, a lot of the stuff that I just researched uh, lines up with exactly what we're talking about right now. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, <clears throat> I love how this right. Serendipitous. So, as I said, Dr. Carla Turner, uh, a superstar back in the sort of the late 80s, 90s era of the UFO mm-hmm. paranormal scene, did a bunch of conferences, uh, wrote a few books. She unfortunately died of like a really aggressive breast cancer around 96. Uh, she died at the young age mm. of 48, which really sucks because oh, she was... Oh, wow, that's so sad. Yeah, she was crazy passionate about this topic and she was really I mean a lot of the stuff she got into because she was an abduct, abductee herself and she got um, she has all these stories about you know her going through abductions and then uh, hypnosis and all sorts of stuff and then she became so passionate about delving into this topic and trying to find out what's going on um, anyway so the book I'm kind of concentrating she wrote a few books like I said the book I'm concentrating on um, is a book uh, about an account of a, a guy named Ted Rice. And it was a 1994 book called Masquerade of Angels. And it was her third and final book um, before she passed away, unfortunately. Mm. Wow, that's a cool title. Yeah. Uh, and it, and we'll sort of get into what that title means a little bit um, at the end of this, but so she does this really amazing in-depth investigation um, that I'm in no way going to do justice in this short amount of time. But <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I just recently purchased both of, both of her books. They haven't arrived yet, but we'll maybe go into more of this in the future, um, like we did with sort of J- David Jacobs stuff. Um, but so, like I said, this is all about this guy named Ted Rice and his dealings with beings from other worlds and basically how they were just kind of fucking with him just taking taking him uh, abducting him over and over again it happened all through his life and like we've talked about before it seems to have happened to not just him but his uh, parents his grandparents and and sort of down the bloodline there Mm. Um, she begins with of Ted's story um, and sort of describes his early adulthood and his fascination um, where he kind of, his early adult life, like I said, but delving into the spiritualist sort of area and actually started, I think, one of the, the original spiritualist societies, uh, a chapter in Georgia, I think. Anyway. Okay. Um, there's an interesting anecdote that Carla tells of Ted being introduced to the realm of the metaphysical and all those kind of like spiritual ideas by this mysterious young woman named Maya Uh oh in Sun Uh Valley, Idaho (laughs) yeah bad news bears so uh, red flags (laughs) Maya this this Maya person also helped Ted to develop his own innate uh, psychic abilities apparently too so she came to him because she said yeah, you're a psychic and I'm going to help you with this and I'm going to introduce you to all this stuff. So actually, <clears throat> it's interesting that Carla mentions, and this is probably more of an in-joke for uh, Josh and yourself, Melissa, that um, the term, uh, the name Maya in Hindu is uh, means illusion, which is yes. interesting. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's fascinating. So... So apparently this Maya character has also turned up in the lives of various other abductees 
there's this E.T. figure who uh, supposedly is from like the Pleiades and she calls herself like a star child and stuff and seems to be guiding specific people along this path, which is interesting. So it's not, and there's just like this this mix of not just UFO and alien lore, but also the spiritual metaphysical stuff as well that kind of comes into it, hmm. which is interesting. Now, I will say that Dr. Carla's view on what's happening with this whole alien abduction agenda is like David, David Jacobs is pretty dark. Um, God rest she, her soul, but she's wrong. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> but but she doesn't, it's not like a blanket thing that she says this is everything. She says it's not for every situation that she's she's come across. It's just there so, is a faction that seems to be pretty dark and uh, sinister that's happening. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, that's kind of life, right? There's factions of yeah. humanity that are pretty dark. So is this Maya woman and the this this guy who keeps getting abducted, are they dating? It sounds like, um, you know, uh, like I said, I haven't had the book, so I've just seen like basic descriptions of what's happening here in his early life, but... It does seem like she's a pretty intense figure in his life. Maybe they're dating. I don't know. Um, but she is. She sort of latches onto him and sort of de- helps him develop these uh, spiritual, uh, um, what do you call it, telepathic sort of things. He becomes like a bit of a psychic, I guess, uh, in the area because of her help of trying to t- help him develop these things. So I don't know. She's... It's a, she's an interesting character and I want to kind of dive into more of her stuff if I get a chance to kind of come into it because she seems to be a recurring character in a lot of these things. So as Ted's following, going through his life, uh, early adulthood in the spiritual realm, he begins to notice shit isn't right with him. Something's going on that he has these vague memories, he's is experiencing missing time, there's events that happen that he hasn't got any explanation for. Um, and so he... he tries to seek help he reaches out to a bunch of different people and long story short winds up uh talking with dr carla turner and her uh she works with a a hypnotherapist as well um and so through sort of hypnotic regression ted begins to remember different things that have happened throughout his life so what kind of things well get into that guys so Carla describes mm-hmm. an incident from Ted Rice's childhood when Ted and his grandmother were both abducted at the same time Ooh. which Ooh. is which okay. is really odd and there's also like it's interesting with Ted that it's not just him but it's him and other people around him who were just kind of like you know picked up in this abduction net and just kind of trolled in and brought into either a UFO or we actually have other descriptions of these under underground ufo bases that he's taken taken to as well but ted's well the whole story with ted is kind of to to outline uh this whole idea of this manipulated perception that these entities have the ability to kind of take what we we experience and turn it on its head and change it from something that's ultimately negative that you would disagree with and sort of protest and you know things happening to you but they change it around so it's more of a positive event so to illustrate this there's this one story of ted like i said and his grandma both being abducted 
and he remembers his this is super traumatic actually just his grandmother was being coerced into uh, having sex with a non-human entity on board this craft after they get taken Uh, the grandmother refuses saying that she's only ever had one sexual partner in her life uh, who was her deceased husband who's no, no longer with them um and then suddenly, out of the corner of the ship somewhere, her dead husband, in quotes, appears Ooh. and starts coming back and trying to put the hard word on her, like, hey, baby, what are you, uh, what are you wearing there? And, um, you know, they, they basically <laughs> it uh, coerces. It goes from, like, <laughs> profoundly seeing your dead husband to immediately him wanting to have sex yeah. with you. That's such a crazy, like, obviously it's not real. Right. Because yeah. you do hear a okay. lot of times people talking to deceased loved ones on ships. It must be all a manipulation. Well, yeah. I right. Mean, so you we, feel so you feel more comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that recently about like dead loved ones and stuff turning up on these uh, events, and it really does seem like a manipulation of sorts. I mean, in these cases, obviously, of just being like, "Hey, it's just it's me. Let's fucking mm-hmm. uh, why don't you put this inside you? We're we're having a good time." <laughs> and you know we talked about those you know dead relatives things anyway so this is a little excerpt from the book um, that uh, Ted tells and it's part of his hypnotic regression of this event so he says they brought in my grandmother oh, sorry brought in my grandfather and he started having sex with her as in his gra- uh, grandmother imagine a little kid fucking seeing this like this is so Ugh. fucked up um, oh, so so screwed up. But when he got off her, it wasn't him. It was a reptilian man. And that's when she intervened. They wanted to do me next. I don't Ugh. know, but I think it was sexual. That's when she jumped, her, his grandmother, she jumped in front and blocked the reptilian man. They were arguing and he told her she would die for that. And she did. So not long after this, they what? apparently told told the grandma you'll die for stopping us from doing this and within a couple of weeks she was dead of a stroke or a heart attack or something i can't remember what it was but she was dead after that wow so fucked up stuff wow <clears throat> ted yeah. rice i never heard of this guy's uh, saga before he had like real up close wow. encounters with reptilians wow i just wait, picked, so, picked wait, up the book i have book, so, so many we'll questions see. okay i have so many questions so so she stopped him she stopped the reptilians from doing whatever they were going to do to him and then she died. But then did that mean that he's off the hook now? Like, because she sacrificed herself for, for her grandson? You know, I don't know the, the, the following events from this particular memory that he has. Like, mm-hmm. but she seems to have stopped it enough um, <clears throat> to the point where, at least on this occasion, Ted sort of was able to not go through whatever is about to go through and I can't imagine how fucking dark and scary that would be for a kid after just seeing his grandfather oh it's terrible oh my god it's terrible it's terrible, anyway, it's terrible. Wanna, there's levels of wanna... terrible you're on a spaceship yeah. surrounded by aliens and you're watching your family have sex like it doesn't get worse like <laughs> only if fuck, he was getting yeah. chased with a chainsaw by a creature <laughs> like how do you make it worse or you know like it's just like it's like I mean it's, it's so it's like it's written really right it can't be real but it might make it's so rough shit. yeah maybe <clears throat> yeah mm. grandma wow. that's dark I yeah. know fucked up um, anyway, <clears throat> I'm aroused. <laughs> so Carla goes on to say after this that 
trusting abductee reports at face value is sort of gonna get us nowhere um nowhere near the truth because it's usually what she's saying is these are kind of manipulated screen memories and it's hiding something that's much darker that you would probably mm. like i said would reject instantly i'm not doing that but there's something that sort of comes in as able to manipulate the way you think the way you see <clears throat> and we'll sort of get into why that is a little later so the hypnotherapist she works with is a lady by the name of Barbara uh, Bartholik. And she was doing all these regressions with, with Carla of the people that she was sort of uh, researching. And she was doing this regression for Ted. And this is part of what he experienced, one of these regressions. He sort of wrote it down <clears throat> and it's part of the book. He said, um, oh, sorry, this is what Barbara said of, of her experience with Ted. So she says, I've discovered that most abductees have been given screen memories. These programs are installed so that if the abductee begins to remember anything, it will not be something disturbing. The abductee often feels that he was chosen and special, and that he is making a great contribution to some scientific endeavor. Many people feel that the alien mm. contact is truly good, but they are programmed to the extent that they're unable to see anything else, no matter what actually took place. So this is what the hypnotherapist kind of uh, takes away from a lot of these sessions she's had. Hmm. So, you know, we've spoken about that before with abductees um, being told they're part of something special and there's this overarching sort of plan that when the time comes, they'll be, you know, part of this deal and they're, you know, they're, it's it's like this whole thing. We've heard it from, you know, contactees before. It's like, you're the special person and mm -hmm. you're, the, you're the person that's going to tell everyone of... Yeah, you know everything that's going to happen. You know, time and time again, yep. that's happened. Glorious it's never purpose. turned out well. Yep. Right. So mm -hmm. Ted describes in one of his abductions having his soul removed from his body and put <gasps> into a, a copy of his body, like a cloned body of him. Oh my god. Okay. And this is something that Carla has noted time and time again with numerous uh, investigations she's she's delved, delved into throughout the ages of when she was doing her research. The ETs apparently had explained to a few abductees the need for this, of creating clone bodies. However, what Carla soon discovered was the reasons that were given to why the aliens were cloning bodies was, depending on who you were and what you believed, was different time and time again, and it would be sort of contradiction contradictions would sort of pop up between different abductees so she she sort of illustrates this by saying there was one abductee she was uh working with who was very religious like very religious uh lady she's devout believer <clears throat> and she was during this abductee session she was rejoicing she was over the moon because um, these greys turned up in her room during the night. She was paralyzed and she was praying fucking hard and fast to Jesus to come and, and take away these little grey men from her bedroom. Get him out of here. Uh, so Jesus apparently steps through a blue light in the room. He comes in and he says, hey, relax, lady. These are my angels. These little grey fellas, they're my angels. And uh, you're part of something special. Um... Carla actually asks her, well, what did Jesus look like? And she said, oh my God, he was 
a dreamboat, an absolute fucking smoke show, perfect teeth, <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyes, just a fucking gorgeous Chris Hemsworth looking motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Is that what Jesus looks like? Well, that's Damn. what that's what uh, Carla was saying. She was like, yeah, that doesn't sound very like a Middle Eastern prophet from, you know, back in the whatever before yeah. Christ times. Uh, but no that's what she's saying. This right. obviously was a planted, you know, vision of someone who this very religious American Christian lady believed Jesus looked like, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so Jesus ends up telling her in in this <laughs> abduction scenario, like I said, these little gray cro- guys, they're actually angels, and they're they're helping prepare you. And they're going to bring you a new body and you're going to be put, your your soul is going to be put into a new body and it's to prepare you for the coming of, uh, I'm coming back to the new, I'm going to create a new world and everyone who's going to survive, who's not getting raptured is going to, you know, survive on this land and you're going to need a new body. So that was one story that one lady was told. Another story given to a different abductee who was in no way religious, um, she was actually threatened by the alien beings that basically that her clone body would replace her in her life if she didn't cooperate uh, and she Ooh. would be taken out and and they said none of her family and friends would know the difference between this cloned person and her actual self basically if she didn't cooperate it's a threat yeah wow this person's going to take over your life but, like, you know, that's where I've got questions, and I asked Eve this, too. It's kind of like, well, what is our defense? Like, if they can just rip your soul out of your body. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I know that in some you know, there's lots of people we've interviewed or talked about where the people say that, like, there's people that come to this planet that have soul contracts with uh, alien beings, and that's why they get abducted, and there's that theory. But, but just in general, how do they get to the point where they can have that much control over you, even if you're saying no and you don't want it to happen? Like, what... Like, how does that work? I just, I mean, for your soul to be ripped out of your body, mm-hmm. like if you, if you are like, no, not happening, like what, what are the boundaries? Like, what is your defense? I don't know. Well, so Carla, before she died <clears throat> and she gives a, a number of different talks at different uh, conferences, she was really confident. And like I said, she was so passionate about this whole experience because she experienced a bunch of this stuff and she was so uh, into the fact that we can fight back. There's a reason why they're doing this in secret and they're trying to manipulate what we're doing because we, if we knew what was happening, we were, we were able to fight back. There's a reason why they're trying to fuck with our mind. And she said there's, mm. there's more and more she found when she was doing this that there was people who were able to say no and stop it from happening, which is pretty cool. But sucks again that she died and wasn't able to continue this message but yeah so um there was uh uh oh so there was a bit of a write-up on carla and someone was kind of talking about the sort of conclusions he was coming to in a book and they said like the ouija board and other spiritualist uh, manifestations ufos seem to have a penchant for communicating quasi-religious messages and figure mm. prominently in many major religions. The aliens tell Carla that they are her ancestors. So this is from Carla's experience. 
and that they are activating latent information pockets encoded in a physical force field that is identical with the same ancestral knowledge previously identified with her body. I don't know what the fuck that means, but yeah. I love saying it. Hmm. <laughs> um, they also warn of imminent threats of, to human existence, including a crisis that will soon challenge the survival of the human race in connection yes, with we which... Yes, all the time. Right. Yeah, exactly. So in connection with it, Carla and her group uh, have a special task to perform and that the new bodies, these clone bodies, are being prepared for them to inhabit the new world that will follow. So, but as they were being told this, and like I said, this was back in the 90s, they were given these dates over and over again. Oh, this is going to happen in 93, 97, and it never yeah. happens. It's just this this manipulation telling the abductee that they're part of something bigger, part of something important, and just go along with mm -hmm. it because you're going to come out on top at the end. But it never happens. It's, or it's, the bottom. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people like to be on the bottom. All right, so there are these stories coming from abductees about also during this research that Carla gets into about human military sort of working in conjunction uh, with mm, ETs. My lab. Yeah, the MyLab stuff. So um, sometimes it was th these, uh, when people would, uh, Ted actually describes these um, military guys, but their eyes were fucked up. They had these reptilian eyes. They kind of had slits with them. And he has these vague sort of memories of being in some sort of like cattle situation where him and a bunch of other abductees are going through some sort of facility and they're being watched over by other humans who were kind of, he's, he described them as being like downtrodden and depressed, but they're kind of going about their job. Mm. And he kind of yells at them for help. Like, you can't, like, where, where, your people, how can you do this to us? Like, we're not cattle. And it was just like this odd memory that he has that kind of gets cut off. Uh, mm. So one of the abductees claims um, that she perceived... Uh, as one as a female ET um, during an abductee experience and this female ET actually apologized to her on behalf of her race uh, for, for what some in her race were doing to humans so there was like these broken factions of this race apparently and this that sounds like every species right <laughs> yeah and so she was saying that there was a group within her race that was working um, like her and, 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 and another group of sort of helpful ETs working with human factions of, of clandestine government to counteract what the sort of negative parts of her race were doing to us. That's interesting. And during this abductee experience, hmm. these, the, the, the ones that were trying to help her removed these implants from specific places within her body and then she, she said this negative group had placed into certain people. And the uh, Carla gets into, uh, Carla Turner gets into the, wow. the places in which these implants were put on people, like at the brainstem, were specifically uh, places where the, the brain connects to the rest of the sort of the five senses and... This is, the, this is the interesting part about the manipulation process of how these things do it. So she was saying that the, the, the places where these implants were going, um, 
is said to have been placed, like I said, within the brainstem in areas that control the five senses, the memories, thought processes, etc., how you perceive the world. So she believes that this is how they're kind of manipulating people and to seeing what they want to see kind of thing. Okay. So, um, hmm. This is a, a little quote from uh, uh, Carla that I'll kind of end off with. She says, In spite of what some prominent abduction theorists tell us about avoiding thinking in terms of good versus evil or positive and negative when it comes to the aliens, this cannot be done nor it should be. So she's saying it's not good or evil. There's some sort of program. There's some sort of agenda. And, you know, it... it our sort of well-being and empathy for humans doesn't ever come into it. It's just very mechanical. It's just very, this is the process of where they're trying to get to where they need to be. And, uh, you know, this not, it's not necessarily malevolent. They're not doing it just to fuck with us. There's a, there's something, there's a, you know, there's something behind it all. And, but there's also apparently a faction that's, uh, fighting back, which is wild. Good. I don't know. Never heard that before, so but that's good to, to hear. That. Yeah. yeah, that was a cool yeah. story. Unless that's an illusion. But so there's uh, there's more to this, I guess, and we'll get into it when, once I get the books uh, delivered to me. I'll, we'll kind of get into it, I guess, in a few other uh, future episodes, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So do you guys want to know how to summon a sex demon, by the way, just briefly? Just briefly. Because <laughs> I'm super interested. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I figured there's some lonely people out there who uh, can sort of let us know how it goes. Um, <laughs> I won't give you the whole thing because it's, I don't know, it seems it seems pretty self-destructive and uh, I'm not going to sort of encourage people to go down this route. But but you're going to start it? Here okay. it goes. All right, makes but sense. But I'm going to start it off. Just some curiosity, just to, you know, maybe we'll get some cool stories out of this. We'll see what happens. So, so apparently you do a blood ritual at 3 a.m., right? You start by lighting a red candle and then um, you write a letter of intent to Lilith, the goddess Lilith, right? Yeah. So she was this vampiric, vampiric uh, No, no, she's not vampiric. She's just like the (laughs) original Eve who was like, I don't want to follow your rules and I think this is bullshit and we're not stuck in a garden. Like, you know, put your freaking clothes on, Adam. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and yeah, God was like, she's a demon. To the, to Get her snake. out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but she can apparently give you uh, uh, sex demons or like some sort of metaphysical hand job or whatever, or fingering, <laughs> whatever you're into. Uh, anyway, so Both, once you write this letter to Lilith, you do this chant, and I won't go with the chant. It's uh, it's pretty specific, and um, you could look it up if you want to. But apparently, you have to uh, drop five drops of blood onto the letter as you're doing this chant, mm. and then uh, and then you get yourself a bit of a succubus. So oh, uh, good luck, good luck with all that. Cool. But you'll also want to practice before you do this ritual. You have to practice uh, some amount of uh, celibacy, abstinence. Before you uh, attempt to summon the demons, because you want your you want your genitals fucking throbbing before this happens, <laughs> like you just like just ready to fuck. Or, or they're <laughs> gonna harvest all your um, kundalini energy. You know, whatever works. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you know, there's give and take. It's it's like uh, it's like sex in general. You can't just be a, a taker all the time. You got to give. 
Anyway, so another approach uh, for the ladies out there, uh, and let me know how this goes, ladies, but apparently <laughs> you can get yourself a Yoni Stone. So get hold of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, and she'll yep. uh, hook you up with a Yoni Stone. And you, you shove one of these bad boys in your snatch, and um, oh my god, <laughs> it's like an egg shaped, egg shaped deal, and you get it right up in you. And but it's got to be a specific kind, depending on which. <laughs> oh, we've devolved oh into some god. shit here. I love you trying to explain oh a yoni stone. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get it all up inside you, right? And then anyway, so you. Um, <laughs> And you, and this helps to kind of embrace that feminine power. I wonder if you do it as a bloke. Just get it. Anyway, we'll, we'll keep moving. So, so um, they help attract sex demons based on the type of stone you use, okay? Mm. So a nephrite jade will summon a tried and true guaranteed orgasm demon. All right? So this guy knows how to fuck. Um, and he'll give you a, a right good seeing too. But... <laughs> if you want some angry, angry fast sex, apparently a little red jade is what you want to get up in okay. you and put it up inside you. Do you want me to describe this further? No, so no, you, no. I think, kind of like, I think we're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Right. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> this is, it's just painful. if you like some weird sex, <laughs> some weird sort of uh, role play. Uh, I'm on Goop's website right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get yourself a yoni stone. It's like, it's how are their male gynecologists? But keep going. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you want some That's jadeite. Jadeite is what you want some freaky sex. Mm. So pink jade. I didn't know there was pink jade. But apparently if you get some pink jade and put that in your vaginal cavity, um, <laughs> you, you get several demons at once. And it's like the oh. supernatural demon fucking orgy. And... Uh, Nice. Woo, let me know how that goes, girls. Uh, that sounds that sounds cool. That sounds really, really cool. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Demons, okay. They're, they're, anyway. These demons aren't bad. They're just horny, man. They're just misunderstood. Yeah. He's just you know, summoning. Yeah. Right. I, like we've talked about Pan before, right? Oh my god! You're obsessed. I, you find one Pan in Fox. every single story. You like <laughs> find make a, a way to insert. He's Pan. so fun. For real. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a really, really fun, cool guy. Yeah, it's great. Uh, He's just a horny Australian. Anyway, so we started off this <laughs> this podcast with a serious conversation. <laughs> Very serious. We did about the fact yep. that your human relationships, your possible love interests, could be could possibly be a love bite. So, check yourself, know thyself, ask your higher spirit, as Eve says, to uh, reveal the truth. Who's connecting the both of you, and what do they want? Um, and as for anybody who's having any alien relationships, we, uh, you know, I guess the same rules apply, right? Know thyself, be stronger than other interdimensional, uh, entities. And, um, you know, if you're in, if you're interested in having those kind of relationships because you don't care, I mean, you could take, uh, Matt's sex advice. Whatever you decide, yeah. we are here to support you at Cosmic <laughs> Cantina. We're starting a... <laughs> We're going to start a new little segment, Max, Matt's Demon uh, Sex Advice, and uh, this is the first one, uh, and we're, Very successful. we're, we're going to Very team successful. up with Goop, and, uh, oh god, I'm going to stop. Yep. All right. Yep. We're Let's definitely Let's not going to do that, but, but it is some really interesting things, so let us know what happens if you do partake in any of Matt's advice, and uh, be careful out there. We'll see you next week. 
And be careful who you fall in love with. Goodbye. Uh, my balls dropped again. Goodbye.